Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, hello. Hello. And Mohanad is here. Yellow. Welcome back, lads. It's been a two-week winter break. Are you feeling rested? Yeah. 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 Can't Very say I'm not. Slack mm-hmm. was down today, so I have no reason to be tired. <laughs> <laughs> This is, like this is something I don't understand. Like my, my workplace used to use Slack. And if it had gone down, everyone would have just emailed each other like they did anyway. Like I, I don't understand how it brings workplaces to a complete halt. Because you guys aren't with the, the times, mate. Everyone at the same time decided we're not working. It's not about the tool. <laughs> it's just that it gives them an excuse. <laughs> That's fair. Mohanad, was your workday completely interrupted? Uh, no, no, my work day was back in full force. Uh, almost, you know, I always say whenever there's a long weekend or a holiday, we get punished for it the Monday after. But, you know, it was okay. Not too bad. I was actually just looking here. Is this up to date? Are we season eight, episode 15 now? This sounds about right. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. You, you season mean the eight, really? not the Premier League. <laughs> yes, the Koshcast. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I, I know. Wow. We've been doing yeah. this for eight years, eh? Yeah, and we're still not famous, so we might as well pack it in, really. Hey, I'm still having as much fun as I was, so. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Oh, you know who's not having that much fun? Cristiano Ronaldo's son. Can I, I, just, <laughs> I wanted, <laughs> just wanted to start with this, because this made my week. Cristiano Ronaldo is annoyed at his eight-year-old for eating crisps and drinking Coke. He's he only like, eight? yeah. And he scored like 100 goals for Juventus B or whatever. That's right? the thing. But, like, he treats him like such an adult. I was like, at least 12 or 13. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I didn't find the, the quote because I was a bit lazy. But basically, Ronaldo was like, whatever he need, whatever he does, like, whatever field he goes into, he just needs to be the best. That's all. And he sometimes, like, he eats crisps and he drinks Coke and he knows that annoys me. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then I think he said something like, when my kids eat chocolate, they look at me. Yeah, and like it's almost like he gives them the stink eye. <laughs> like, sorry, they're not going out and buying it themselves. Like, you've put it in the house, presumably. Mate, if it gets you two hundred and fifty million Instagram followers, just do it. Just <laughs> do it because he just broke the record for the most Instagram. He has more Instagram followers than all Premier League clubs put together. Something like that. It's insane. Who Ronaldo? Yeah, two fifty million. He just hit it now. He's the most popular on Instagram. Huh. Presumably, okay. Juventus are going to give him a trophy for that. <laughs> he'll claim it I mean maybe Lewandowski will get it and he'll get upset the, the good thing is you have to give like you give your permission when you do follow him so you know there's he he, he can say that that's true it's consented yeah yeah uh, built in waiver it, it reminds <laughs> me like I, I the only household that, like I hate when people post like pictures of their like Christmas food or Thanksgiving food I would love to see what they do in that period, <laughs> because <laughs> I'm sure that turkey, like turkeys love Ronaldo because they don't get eaten. <laughs> it's like tofu turkey and everything is super healthy. But are you suggesting that like 100 million of those 250 million followers are turkeys? <laughs> yes, yes. You remember the, um, the Patrice Everest story? I was literally, I literally just brought that up. Like I, the quote is hilarious. He said he went over to Ronaldo's house for lunch and he goes at the table, there was only salad and plain white chicken. 
So I was like, okay, and water, not any juice. <laughs> he said, we started eating and I was thinking some big meat would be coming after that, but there was nothing. He finished and stood up and started playing with the ball and doing skills. He says, if Ronaldo invites you for lunch, don't go. <laughs> My favorite quote is, I expected some big meat. <laughs> uh, you, it's 2021 now, let's grow up. <laughs> 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 oh man um speaking of, of people behaving badly uh, before we get into the games i also wanted to touch on uh someone who's been very very dear to us over the years in podcasting and that's joey barton so i didn't know this but he was managing fleetwood town i don't think he knew it um yeah unclear and so they've sacked him um there are a couple of things here that amazed me while I was reading the story. So their stadium is called Highbury Stadium. What? Like, how is that allowed? And I checked, and it was built, like, more than 20 years after Arsenal's Highbury Stadium. I didn't know there were two Highbury's. That's disgusting. Like, how has anyone allowed that to happen? They're probably the same size, to be honest. Did you hear about what happened (laughs) over his time there? He assaulted, like, the Barnsley manager? Um, yeah, and actually, he apparently was to stand trial. He he left him with a damaged tooth. I mean, that's hardly surprising, is it? Yeah. How long was he? How long was he there for? Since April twenty eighteen. Okay. Because I was gonna make a joke about how I was you know sleeping, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually significant. You know, you're looking at almost two, almost uh, three years now. That's not bad. I appreciate the the sentiment anyway. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing. Do you guys remember Chad Evans? Yeah. The 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 literal rapist. Yeah. yeah. Don't even have to say allegedly. Like, he did it. Uh, right. Joey Barton had to fire him for discipline and behavior issues. No shit. <laughs> he didn't see that one coming? Like... It wasn't in his three-month three <laughs> review? Was it in the background check that they clearly did? <laughs> Like every 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 player goes through a medical. Jay Adams goes through a background <laughs> check. Oh God, this is so what you get when you employ someone like that. Unbelievable. Imagine Why do people and Evans and then following it up by making Joey Barton his manager? That's insane, man. That's insane. What's next? Who's who's in charge of human relations? Gig. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, has uh, Giggs just dodged that uh, thing, that assault thing? Has he just dodged that? And like, is he good now? What assault thing? What did he do? You don't remember? Like, he got arrested for allegedly assaulting his current girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And then, like, he couldn't manage the, the last game or whatever. Look, and all look, of a sudden, I just didn't hear about it. Honestly, Giggs has gotten away with a lot. Like, the, the, the level of stuff he's done and the level of attention it's gotten are not relative. Yeah. Like the gigs thing should have, I remember at the time, I remember us discussing at the time going, mm-hmm. this needs to be discussed way more than it is. Like people are just chuckling about it and moving on. But like, I don't know how he seems to just get away with it. I think he's Illuminati. I'm, I'm convinced. Like there's, there's no way. No way. All I can find is that he denied the allegations. But, and he's been bailed out. Mm. But that's I mean, it. There's nothing else. Maybe nothing else has happened yet and he's awaiting a court case or something. I don't know. Wow. 
for someone who who didn't play for England and chose Wales, the English media really protects this guy. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, but some, mm. well, if he does get fired from the Wales job, at least Fleet would know who their next boss will be. <laughs> right. Well, for someone who's was so left wing, it's quite a bad. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. He d- he did move towards the centre in his older age. <laughs> oh, I can. Yeah, there's so much going on here, but I know we have to go over. There's just so much going on. I know. It's too good. Yeah. It's actually too good. All right. Should we talk about some of the games? We should. Because uh, one just finished just a little bit ago. And um, Liverpool, Ber- uh, Bernie... Uh, are Liverpool going to get knocked back off the perch? Listen, I'm still in emotional protection mode. Like, so I'm not going to say anything about perches and knocking anyone off, any of that. I will say this is fucking great. <laughs> oh, like, boy. I can't believe it. Man. Like, all of England are pretty much back Liverpool because nobody wants United to win and nobody wants ours. And it's like, they're going to mess it up. They just are, aren't they? If, can Leicester win this season? Let's just win the season. I mean, I'd love probably, that. Pr- probably not. Probably not. They've already done the dark horse story. We need a new dark horse. Yeah, but they're not a dark horse this time. They're like legit top six team, potentially, and they could just win the league. Like, a dark horse would be like Villa. Guys, you can get fined and suspended three games for this, like, line of <laughs> talk. <laughs> I, I could. But, no, like, this... I mean, we know with injuries, this capitulation is ugly. It's, it's pretty ugly. I mean, what was it? And they dropped nil-nil to Newcastle, and then one-one West Brom, Brom, uh, beat Palace, beat Spurs, but before that drew to Fulham. So it's a few draws and a loss in the last. I wonder when is the last time Liverpool went two games in a row without scoring? I mean, that that must have been a while back. Mm, That's a very good point. I think the commentator today said it was the longest Klopp has gone, which is like 200 and something hours, which doesn't actually, in the context, not that horrendous, but it's it's still Mm. an unprecedented time for them that their attack is included. I I just had fun. Again, we talked about Southampton being a lot of fun to watch when they were, I guess, I think playing against City and either Drew or lost, but we talked about how it was them that you tuned in to watch. And I know this game, Liverpool had a lot of the possession, especially in the second half. Second half possession was almost like 100% for Liverpool, but... It was still Southampton that felt entertaining. It was still Southampton on the counter that looked really good, that you were kind of, you know, you pricked up a little bit when they got the ball. Um, and I don't know, it, it still felt like they deserved that win, even though Liverpool hmm. had so much of the ball. Watching the game, it just felt Southampton still deserved it. Yeah, this season has been a real uh, a real bad season for possession as a concept. Like, it, it seems to be mattering less and less. Loads of games are being won by teams with like 20, 30% possession. Um, and partly I reckon because there are so many games and everyone's so exhausted and COVID and this and that, it's genuinely just less physically tiring to just sit in a deep block and counter a few times in a game, especially when you're playing like two, three games a week. And so I think a lot more teams are doing it. And Liverpool have always struggled against that. I mean, they, they did the best they've ever done against that kind of defence last season, obviously, when they won the title. But struggling against that kind of thing is nothing new, particularly, right? And we, we were talking about it at the time. Diogo Jota was coming on and winning these kind of games like a month ago. And, and you could the absence of something like that off the bench was very clear, even though Shakiri came on. 
Also, yeah. I mean, to, to put a little asterisk though, you have Fabinho and Henderson at center back, you know, two midfielders at center back for Liverpool. Again, uh, Klopp said it's not an excuse, but still, you also have Ox in front of them. It's a weak kind of central well, area. And Thiago, and, Thiago and, and Wijnaldum, like it's not yeah. bad. But Thiago was on Twitter fraud watch today, you know? <laughs> Oh. He he was really really bad. He was. He, he was he just resorted to Flamini pointy shotty. <laughs> like, there was nothing else that he was doing. But you know the 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 Jordan Henderson. You know we've said he's been the engine of this team. We've we've accepted that now. You know we can move on with our lives. But you, I thought this game. You know as you said, uh, Southampton should could have won this game two 0 Like Allison came out almost made a meal of it. If not for the wet pitch. Uh, Valerie would have scored because that ball just trickled and trickled. But when Jordan Henderson, as Mohamed has pointed out many times, is that pivotal to the engine room in midfield, putting him in as a center back doesn't make sense. That first half could have been two or three, actually, to Southampton. It was just a final pass because they, they just skipped around the guy. And I just thought, just play Phillips or play Williams for good. I agree. Like, I agree. Keep Henderson where he's supposed to be. You can play Thiago next to him and Vinaldum, Keita's shit, we know that. But, like, at least play a defender in, in defense. And you don't have to play Ox. I mean, how great is that? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, you're, I, I was just looking at, at the lineup and they had Williams and uh, Phillips on the bench. And they've both been doing absolutely fine. So I, I don't know whether this was rotation or what the reason was that one of them wasn't playing. But it, you're right, that is an odd decision. You don't you don't need to rotate these guys. They barely play. They're young. Like when's the last time they played? A couple of days ago. Like it's not. I, I don't think. I think Klopp is. Yeah, that was that was one move too many. Henderson next to Fabinho was was not going to work. And yes, it's not the reason they conceded. They conceded from yeah, you know, a free kick, and then Trent had a horrendous game. He was at fault for the goal. He had thirty eight misplaced passes, which is I think a record by any player in the Premier League this season. So he just had a horrendous game and they subbed him off in the 77th minute. So, um, you know, they finished, <laughs> Liverpool finished the game with three midfielders in the back four when <laughs> Milner came on. So, yeah, not a good look for Liverpool. Um, again, this, is their, this, this was their league to win easily by far and they're making a huge meal out of it. And, they're, you know, they're first, they're, they're tied first, but, you know, they don't have a game in hand. So it's not, it's not great for them right now. Bernie, who's United's game in hand against? Burnley. <laughs> Okay, congratulations. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I wanted to add that on the other side, like, Robertson wasn't very good either. Like, I get it. They were bombing in the second half trying to score, although they only had one shot on target the whole game. But that Valerie chance, they they looped the ball over him. He turns around and just goes, okay, whatever. Like, he literally decided, I'm not going to run after you. And I thought, you're really, really fast. And it's not even that far away from you, but you're giving this up. I just feel like the whole team was, you know, attitude wrong, deflated. You, you, can, you can take those games and say, you know, it is what it is and, and move on. But it wasn't just the tactics from Klopp, which were poor. The whole team wasn't up for it today. Yeah, and ha- I think Hazen Hotel also has been playing some really good football with mm-hmm. their capabilities. Like you see Danny Ings playing really well centrally, holding it up. And then you've got Theo, you've got Gineppo. You just got him bombing down the side. They're so quick, so fast. Um, you know, those two are the kind of players that you know they're fast just by looking at them. They just have that <laughs> fast body. And, you know, Ward Prowse pulling the strings in the middle. And I know this game, it was Diallo in the center. But, 
Usually it's um, what's his name, bald guy from Chelsea, Romeo. Romeo. So you know they've got they've got quite a good backbone, and even even you're talking about center backs. You know you had Benderick, but you didn't have Vestergaard this game. So you know they also didn't have a full uh, backline. They have Forster come in. I know Alex, you're going to say that um, McCarthy. Just, yeah, McCarthy isn't good at anyways, but it's still their second keeper. Yeah, and, no, you know, like Fraser Foster was quite funny. I didn't realize this, and the commentator commentator didn't seem surprised. But apparently, he doesn't catch anything. Like he just punches everything away. It just looked like at some point he's he's gone to make a catch and it's gone wrong, and he's decided to never do it again. Well, I guess he doesn't have to wear his mask then. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow card from Hannah. Uh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Uh, I want to give a shout out to um, uh, Carl Walker Peters as well, though. Because like he had Mane up against him all game, and Mane was utterly relentless. But Walker Peters, for someone who is barely longer than a piece of grass, did very well. <laughs> he he was he was unbelievable, and Mane was trying to trick him and push him and <laughs> do everything. Like we'll get to the penalty shouts in a minute, um, but bef- well, actually, we'll get to it now because I'll talk about. It. I was going to give Ing some props for the finish, but then I realized it's out of context. Um, but. Um, there were two of them. One of them was really funny and one of them I thought maybe was a penalty. Like the one where I guess he's trying to like bum him out like Lacazette does and he just <laughs> falls to the ground. I thought, mate, what are you doing? Then the other one was a bit of a lunge, but he fell like 10 seconds after. So it was really, I thought like if he fell instantly, like what mm. were they going to do? But he it's literally optics. fell so like, it, it was as if the next, next episode of the show had started. <laughs> I was like, why are you on the, why have you done this? So I don't know. Like, it, it was just so, so. Man, fun. it's it's crazy. Football is all about optics when you're giving thousands of, like, it's not black and white, you know? It's not like, oh, he's out of bounds. Or, no, it's just like, oh, that, that looked a bit late. I'm not going to give it, you know? Yeah. But I agree with you. It was late and it didn't, it didn't look like you would give it. Manish should probably have a chat with uh, Paul, I mean Pogba, because he's been giving out diving lessons. I don't know if any of you have seen that, but <laughs> yeah. Luke Shaw was on the receiving end, but we'll get there. Um, speaking of which, uh, Klopp said, Man United have more penalties in two years than I have had in five and a half. Bernie, I know you keep track of the penalty claims around here, so is that true? <laughs> Not even close to true at all. Like, I, I've heard Klopp blame the wind. I've heard him blame all sorts of things. And like someone, there was this tweet where the person said, because he said that, and then he goes, but that's no excuse. And the person said, that butt in that sentence is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing? That's amazing. <laughs> but also to point out, Hazard Hotel, he's going to get a bigger move end of the season or what? It, I think it very much depends on, on who, needs, who needs someone. Like he's definitely putting himself in the window. Um, Chelsea, everything. The thing with Chelsea is I think that they'll go for a bigger name. Just, I think if Tuchel is available, if Allegri is available and they want to get rid of Lampard and we'll, we'll get to Chelsea right now, actually, it's a good segue. Um, obviously got battered by City. Absolutely battered. This, to me, like we've, we've talked a lot about how City have been underwhelming. Best performance of the season by a mile for me. Bro, you, you mentioned this game about how teams counterattack now. Honestly, I was watching this game and I don't know how physically possible, but both teams were counterattacking. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, I was watching it, especially when it was still early on. And I was like, I'm trying to figure out who's trying to play possession and win the game and who's just countering. And I'm like, they're both doing it. They're yeah. literally both just running at each other every time they get possession. Um, City just had that bit of quality and Chelsea's defense just decided to, well, Dante Kovacic as well, well, decided to just kind of leave their posts. But 
yeah, it was a weird game. It's it was like I think yeah, Monty, you just you did say that because I was like, City are are sitting back? Like what? Like it, it my brain just couldn't comprehend City doing that, but they were both doing it. And if you're going to bypass the midfield, whoever can get a slight grasp of the midfield will win the game. And Conte decided to go on, on vacation outside the country and avoid COVID <laughs> protocols because it's clearly he was lost at sea. Unbelievable. That was a shocking performance from him. Kovacic wasn't any better. And like at times, De Bruyne, like he's playing this false nine striker thing. But Gundogan was like the second false nine in the false 4-4-2. It was unreal. It was Gundogan, all false. I'm, I'm, yeah, there was nothing true about it. Gundogan was further forward than I've ever seen him in my life. That man probably had vertigo. Like, what was he doing there? What a goal. Like, great yeah. finish. Yeah. Nice also, also, we talked about the midfielders, but you guys remember me pointing out, I think it was like 20 minutes in and they had a close-up on Kovacic and that guy was panting. He was absolutely gone 20 minutes in. I'm like, this does not look good for him for the rest of this game. No. If, like, if he's dead and Conte is dead, like, issues, major yeah. issues. Honestly, I said, I said to Bernie during the game, I think, but uh, Angola Conte needs to go and play for Zidane and just have a nice time now. Like it's enough. Yeah, yeah. This this high intensity COVID football is not for no. him. He's not done his all. bit. He's been horrible, and it's, it's been at least eighteen months that he's been bad. Like, yeah, I mean, he's never he's never been the same since Martinelli. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know what? Didn't he get injured after that? Like, didn't his knee go or something? Like Martinelli re- retired the one. You know, some injuries are from shame. <laughs> Um, ego, the, the the muscle recovers, the ego does not. <laughs> yes. Um, but um, Phil Foden um, had a great finish. That that near post finish with brilliant. And the Kevin De Bruyne intentional nutmeg of Aspilicueta to get the ball to Foden was mm, beautiful. And Mendy, another near post goal. I'm loving it. it this game had everything. Can, can, can I just say, that goal was brilliant in the subtlety of the finish. And in fact, the subtlety of everything led up to the goal. But... I think it was Thiago Silva who just watched it happen. Like, do you guys do you guys pick up on that? Like, right at before the ball gets to Foden, mm. Thiago Silva is not goal side, and you're just looking at it, and we're looking at it like just step over. Like, it, it literally felt that simple, and he didn't do it. And I just thought, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it, it, it was totally avoidable of a goal. I, I wonder, so you know how they're vaccinating the oldest people first? I wonder if he just like got a notification or something. He wasn't like, he wasn't concentrating. Um, no, you're right, because Foden, if, even if you look at the highlights, Foden was asking for the ball from De Bruyne for like a solid 10 seconds. Yeah. And no one yeah. paid any attention, but it was a great finish. It was a very Giroud-esque finish. Maybe people, maybe maybe the Chelsea players just couldn't believe that Pep finally played Foden. They're like, that can't be him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe but uh th- this mendy thing is, is becoming a thing like yeah he's actually been really bad in the last couple of weeks which is quite funny because we assumed he was the savior um and, and part of that was had to do with how bad kepper was but mendy is uh for anyone who who hasn't heard about our mendy rankings we you know we have a ranking of everyone called mendy in world football and and he was at the top recently but he's very much slipping Oh yeah, I mean, he's still way ahead of Benjamin. You know, big bum Latina man. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, City have a pair of gangster fullbacks. Yeah, all right. You've got big bum Latina. You've got sex parties and orgies. You've got everything you need. Just talk to Walker and Mendy. You'll get your fix. Listen, fullbacks in name, fullbacks in nature. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. 
Oh yeah, uh, unreal. unreal. Someone, someone sent me a link. I was like, with it, with what's going on with Wan Basaka and all that, whatever is happening in Manchester, I want to drop it. Back. <laughs> Uh, someone said someone told Mendy about the bubble and he got the wrong idea <laughs> <laughs> um, but people are talking about Ruben Diaz and how he's kind of single-handedly transforming this um, city defense I mean he's been phenomenal since the start of the season he's been really good and it helps that John Stones decided to play some football this season they he's gave been, John Stones a two-year rest and he came back like really good he's been very good did not expect that whatsoever until like they started saying stats of like how many clean sheets when he plays, I was like, huh? <laughs> how? When? <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah. Like Laporte can't get a game. What, what is going on? Did we um, talk about so Lampard here? Let's talk about Lampard. So Lampard started with the small front three, which kind of reiterates the whole counter-attacking thing because usually Tammy or Giroud are playing. Um, Werner in the middle, Ziyech is back, Pulisic on the left, um, and. <sighs> None of them really had a good game. Ziyech's crossing was off. Burner's everything was off. Um, you know, it just didn't seem to click at all for them. I mean, City blitzed them in the first, what, half an hour. I think it was 3-0, and that didn't help, obviously, for the rest of the game. But they just did not look like a cohesive unit without that kind of central focal point we keep asking for Lampard to play. I So, look. The the Werner thing is becoming tired, right? Like we're having to talk about Werner every week, and it's because he's gone thirteen games without a goal. Um, even allowing for a settling in period, like this, is a disaster at this point. And I I understand that you want to play Ziyech and you want to play Pulisic because those are probably your two best players, if not two best attacking players. Whatever, they're brilliant, right? You want to play them, and that means that Werner can't play wide, which means that. He has to play in the middle if you're going to play him. And as we said a couple of weeks ago, he never gets dropped. I don't understand what he has to do to get dropped, even for his own point. It, it doesn't make sense. Like, you guys on Twitter, like a couple of weeks ago, people were saying, play Werner down the middle, play him down the middle. This is what he does. And we, I think, I, we didn't have an episode, but I know we all thought that's not going to make a freaking difference at all because the style is not going to suit him. Chelsea don't actually play through balls very often. <laughs> they just don't. And that's the only way he's going to score, although now I'm not sure how he's going to score at all. <laughs> and and Ziek just, you know, cutting in and crossing too. Like, did you see the the uh, an analysis of the game where they're like, they play you down the middle, but then Ziyech is basically hugging Pulisic on the wing and, and Ziek is crossing to empty space. Like, what? No, that's true. And at least, I mean, these are guys, Ziyech, Werner, you know, these are guys that are flopping a little bit, but they're actually playing. I mean, there's a 90 million flop on the bench in Havertz that can't even get game time right now. And that's because he's just not playing well at all. So there's, you know, 200 million worth of talent that Lampard's been given and he's not utilizing them well enough. I know there's a betting in period and blah, 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 but he solved, he seemed to solve the defense up to a couple of weeks ago. And then that all went to shit. So, you know, Mendy, kind of the form has dropped and I don't know what else and blah, blah, blah. Even, even um, James at right back hasn't been great recently. I know he's been injured, but before that. So it's all just kind of falling apart at the same time. And Chelsea are now looking behind them instead of in front of them, sitting at ninth. Now. So, yeah. you know. I have a question based on what, what Monet said in that, you know, last year there was a bit of praise for Lampard and I was, you know, had my agenda and whatever. But... You look at it and you go, okay, bringing in, you know, Mounts last season, and I, 
I can't remember who else. Like James, and there was someone else. Tammy. Tammy. You think, in to some degree, though he's bringing in young players, you feel like okay, he's. he's I think Tammy was at no, he was at Villa. Mount was with him at Derby. Tomori yeah. as well. These are kind of guys that he can understand, right? Mona said players he was given. I'm actually starting to wonder if he was actually he was just given these guys as opposed to him actually scouting them, thinking about a plan for them because Havertz didn't make sense. Like there's, what's the, if you're playing with Ziyech, what's Havertz going to do? And Werner is not like the big man striker who's going to benefit. Like, I don't, I think he was given these players to give him a little bit of an out as opposed to him having this grand plan with these guys. And at what point as a manager do you say, listen, guys, this is my plan. Stop giving me these players. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to that point, and you may be right, but but it's not as if he won't have been part of the conversation. Like, the club may have had a bunch of targets, and Marina Grau and Sky would have gone, we can get these guys, do you want them? And he probably said yes, but he's also his second season as a manager at that point, and he has absolutely no leverage. He's just, just been given a job he doesn't deserve. Mm-hmm. So he's not really, at that point, in any position to dictate anything. And so he's just gone along with it. Is my is my. We we also know that Abramovich likes to play FIFA, you know, football manager. Right? Oh yeah, like he he loves that too. And he, you know, we talked about how Abramovich lost interest a couple of seasons ago, and it was super clear he wasn't even there. Blah blah blah. And then yeah. recently, recently he's back. He's interested. He's buying two hundred million dollars or whatever worth of player. Right. Maybe, so. maybe you've hit on it. Maybe he does play football manager. And he bought these players on Football Manager and it worked. So he was like, listen, Frank, <laughs> I've done this. <laughs> Trust me. Um, but okay, let's let's fast forward a little bit down the line. And let's say that this continues to go badly. And listen, every club has had their crisis already this season. Some are having it now. Some, some already had it. Some are coming out of it. Um, so, you know, Chelsea could win the next three games and everything would be fine. But let's say they don't. And Lampard's situation becomes untenable. There are links with uh, Andrei Shevchenko, who we know <laughs> is the Ukraine manager and also, you know, Roman Abramovich's best friend, or one of them, um, and Thomas Tuchel and Allegri. For me, if she, every second Chelsea aren't appointing Max Allegri is, is bonkers. But what do you guys think? I think it's time for Steve Gerrard Gerrard. <laughs> <laughs> so, <but> Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He'll he'll slip and mess that up. Denver Bar, assistant manager. (laughs) (laughs) For the banter alone, it has to be done. (laughs) Nah, I I, I agree with you on the Allegri. I think, don't do this Tuchel thing. Like, I get there will be some temptation because you might look at Havertz and you might look at Werner and think, ooh, German, German. Ooh, we can make this work. No, 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 no. You need to go pragmatic. <laughs> you need to stop the blood flow and then play actual common sense tactical football because the players have no idea what they're doing right now. Honestly, honestly, I know they have big players and blah, 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 and you need a big manager, but I would go a bit like more pragmatic and go like the Hasenhutl or the young, you know, I don't know, the young German guys, you know, Marco Rose or whoever, you know, we, the, the new guys that are coming through. Like, I think that's the way to do it now. Allegri, like... No, man, like, I I just feel like the young manager thing is exciting now. Like, get a younger guy in who has actual ideas that wants to actually do new things and learn and adapt as you go along, as opposed to an older person who is, like, more set in their ways and, like, this is definitely how I'm going to play and I'm not changing. So, 
I mean, I, I think that's a bit harsh on Allegri because I don't think he has like one particular thing. Like his thing is, just, he's a bit Mourinho-ish in that his thing is just winning and however he needs to do it, he'll do it. But the other thing is that while I agree with you that those young German managers are all very exciting, um, they need a bit of, they need a bit more time. And this is exactly the thing that no one ever gets at Chelsea, right? They need you to come in and start winning immediately. So that would be my my reservation. I, I, I agree. When you've had the Daniel Farkers and the Wagners and, you know, <laughs> Aston Hotel, sure, great. Well, he's Austrian anyway, but whatever. Like, no, Chelsea right now need someone re- quote-unquote reliable. If he doesn't turn out that way, you say you at least tried. But another risk, I don't think they can, with 200 mil on the line, Nah, <laughs> they can't. They can't take that chance anymore. All right, let's uh, let's move on. But I, I'm just going to put this on the table. Frank Lampard, Carlo Ancelotti, job swap. That's all I'm saying. It's about right. Yeah. Um, Spurs three, Leeds nil. Honestly, I don't think there's that much to say about this game. I thought Leeds were awful. Spurs weren't brilliant, but they took their chances. What I do want to talk about though is the COVID thing. So. You, you guys will have seen this. Lamella, Lasalso, and uh, Reggion were pictured at a Christmas party. Obviously, they all got in trouble for it. Um, Lanzini, Lanzini's party. Yeah. Um, so big Argentine bash and Reggion, which is good. Um, and Reggion, Re- I want to focus Reggion on. sounds like the the type of music they were listening to. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he wasn't invited. Is this the DJ? Yeah. He brought um, the Yankee with him. <laughs> Got up on a gasoline. <laughs> Wait, Alex, now huh. this makes sense. Like, I, I knew this, but I didn't put two together. When Mourinho was like, we were really sad for him because he was going to spend Christmas by himself, but obviously he didn't. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like, can I? The, the, it gets better than that, though. I've got the full quote, right? Jose Mourinho, I gave an amazing gift to Reggion, Portuguese piglet. Amazing for Spanish and Portuguese. I thought he was going to spend Christmas alone. He was not alone, as you can see. Sorry. <laughs> so many questions. Like, I've, I've since had this question answered, but the first time I heard this quote, I was like, hang on. Is the piglet alive to keep him company? Or is this a dead piglet to eat? It, it must unclear. be food. It must be food. It has it, to be. It is, but it was unclear <laughs> at the time. Because he said it's because he's alone. <laughs> it's also Mourinho. Uh, but but like, why is he giving his players piglets? <laughs> well, I mean, the piglet definitely wasn't good enough. It was a better <laughs> piglet. Oh man, that's hilarious! But yeah, that's it's crazy, man. And these players, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I maybe maybe I'm thinking of it from the point of view from an unprivileged position of like, I wish I was a footballer. But like, I just can't imagine doing anything to jeopardize playing next game. Does that make sense? Maybe maybe because yeah. I'm like starved from it. Maybe once I've played like five seasons of my calf, what's another game? But now I'm just like thinking, like, no, you're tired at 30, bro. Do whatever you want at 30. But just like now, just play next game. Like this could actually take him out of the lineup for a while. Cause you know what Mourinho is like, he's gonna hold this grudge. Like he could. Rayon is probably like, mm, it's Ben Davis though. So <laughs> I'm probably good. I, I'll, I'll get there in a little bit. But you know what? I, I agree with Mo. Like, in my head, it's like, you know, I'm going to stay in the bubble, do whatever I can. But then you see the Mason Greenwoods, the Kyle Walkers, the big bum Latina Mendes. And it's like, maybe this generation just is that rebellious. Maybe that's what it is. Like, I, and you, and you know, you know, Balotelli's still looking at them, calling them all noobs. He's, <laughs> nothing. He's like, I wrote the book. 
this is nothing. You call this party? What's this? <laughs> Indoor fireworks or nothing. <laughs> Shoot but, like arrows at you. <laughs> reminds me of my wedding. <laughs> True. You actually had indoor fireworks. Oh. Um, like may- maybe they're rebellious, but I-, I think there's also an element of like these people get treated so differently from everyone else all the time, mm-hmm. right? Like everything else is shut down, lockdowns everywhere, but football has to keep going because otherwise the morale of the nation will die. Apparently, so that's why all these games keep going on, even though it's probably not really yeah. you know best practice to do so. And so they keep getting told that like you're an exception. And so I'm not really surprised that this shit's happening, even though it is really stupid. Also, to be fair, like, to be fair to them a little bit, it wasn't like a rowdy party. It was just couples. It was a nice little Christmas thing. Like, it wasn't, they weren't there to, like, go crazy and party. I think it was more probably pressure from, you know, wives and girlfriends, like, let's do something. We've been in here forever. Like, I get it. It wasn't, you know, just to be fair, it wasn't a rowdy party. It wasn't a Carl Walker event. No, this was a wine and and piglet affair. (laughs) You you know what? (laughs) Now that I think about it, I'm not sure if this generation is worse than like not ours, but the one before. Like, remember that story of like Ryan Giggs and like, of course, it involves Ryan Giggs. <laughs> I knew it. Ryan Giggs, Lee Sharp, and all those guys at United having the party, and then Ferguson yeah. hearing about it and coming to the door, and he yeah. finds them in the bathroom with some girl or whatever. He's like, get the hell out of here! <laughs> some of, some of them, some of them weren't caught. Some of them like jumped out the window. And yeah, stuff. Like, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Like, yeah, Ryan Giggs also, was like, hold my beer, guys. <laughs> I've got some stories for you. Also, to to take it, we're going to move to Arsenal now, anyway. But to take it to Arsenal, like you've heard of the Tuesday Club. This was in the nineties, like late eighties, early nineties. Half the Arsenal squad would go to the pub on a Tuesday after training and drink until Wednesday night. Yes, like, well, well, half the club were alcoholics, and the captain like went to jail. Exactly. Yeah. So by, you know, this generation's all right, probably. (laughs) They're probably fine. They just want like expensive watches and stuff. These are the exceptions that we hear about. (laughs) So I think that covers our analysis of Tottenham 3 Leeds nil. Yes. Oh, honestly, like Kane and Son are brilliant. There was, they were honestly, like Leeds were just stupid. They they were just very naive. Kept giving the ball away in dangerous positions. Sounds familiar. Gave a stupid penalty away. Like, you know. Yeah. yeah, just leads. Just leads. Uh, Arsenal four, West Bromwich. Sam Allardyce's West Bromwich Albion. No, Mohamed. Arsenal are back. Now, now we're talking football. The title race is back on. Now we're talking <laughs> football. This is our Welbeck versus Leicester moment. This is it, baby. Um, that preceded the disaster. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Um, yeah, no, man, we've got the best left back in the league. I mean, that's clear. Um, but, man, the snow started to fall, and Kieran Tierney just felt at home. He just put on his wife beater, and he was ready to go out there and just frolic in the snow. And what an absolute goal. Wow. Like, ah, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> For Scotland. <laughs> Beast of um, performance. Unreal from Tierney. Unreal. Saka, what a young talent. Like, like. Honestly, during the, well, I mean, still, but during the really dark times, beginning of the season, end of last season, it was just Saka and Martinelli getting any Arsenal fan through any of it. And Saka is still doing it. And he's, you know, I wasn't sure how good he was at the beginning because he was putting in good performances, but like there wasn't crazy flashes. Like Martinelli had crazy parts. Like I was excited about Martinelli a lot. Saka was like doing a job. Okay, that's whatever. 
But man, he has just grown into it. And and what a performance he had. Emil Smith-Rowe coming in at the number 10, you know, proving that you could use the number 10 in this team. And Gosh, don't say his name. Just let, Let's get through one episode without saying okay. the, the name. Fine, you know, <laughs> you know who. Um, but yeah, like I said, with another two goals, I just think this was finally a game that was fun to watch. Like Arsenal haven't had a game fun to watch all season. We've, I've actually enjoyed the 90 minutes. And I think in the last, what was it, eight days, we've scored as much as we have in the last 11 weeks. So it's definitely on the up. We're out of the relegation battle. <laughs> um, but yeah, Alex, what do you think? Um, I, I, I think... You know, it's been a, obviously a massive turnaround. It's three wins and three for Arsenal, who, you know, were shocking before. I mean, we, we were sp- speaking a couple of weeks ago and Arsenal in the City game, uh, was it the Cup game? And Renarsson let a couple of goals through his hands. I mean, that was genuinely one of the worst Arsenal performances I've ever seen. Ever seen. Like, that was the Nadir. That was rock bottom. And they've been very, very good since. Um, and, you, you know, the difference you can point to is all season, they messed around with Pepe on the right and William on the right. And we've said week after week, they are horrendous. They're just bad. And finally, Saka, who, you know, as you said, we've always seen the talent. To me, I was slightly worried in that he can play nearly every position. And so sometimes you see guys like Oxley chamberlain what have you, who are so versatile that they never end up anywhere. And they kind of just get used as a, as a you know, Maitland-Niles is another example. So for Saka to play on the right, to get three games in a row, to play brilliantly well, score, assist, like actually produce, it, it was wonderful to see. And the, the thing that he has that the other two candidates don't is that he can go either way. Like mm. he's, he's quite left-footed, but he'll happily take it on the right. And, and that makes him very dangerous. And yeah. Emil Smith-Rowe, I've been buying this drum for a long time like since we saw him in the Europa League when he was 18 he's stood out as someone who has a lot of talent um and in a team that was dramatically missing exactly his kind of skill set like wonderful to see and the goal that he and Saka put together with with help from Lacazette was you know a Wenger-esque goal that that was Arsenal football of old and the reason that you and I got so excited when we saw it is because we've been deprived of anything resembling that kind of football for ages. Oh, Mohamed's done? Okay. I'll, I'll... Sorry, no, my, my internet is just really bad, so I didn't want to interrupt. Go ahead, Bernie. Tell us about why you love Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I thought it was a good, a good performance. Um, I thought that Emil Smith-Rowe is the difference. Like, Saka is a brilliant young player, but I think if you don't have that guy in the middle or playing sort of that creative role, then Saka would be huffing and puffing, doing stuff on his own because Aubameyang is not playing for the team anyway. You're basically a man down. Being two men down doesn't make sense. Um, but the, the system makes sense now because Willian is not just doing rubbish, as Alex was saying, and Pepe can be gone. So it makes sense. The, the key moving forward is, how do you like in now that everyone's rotating right and like with the squad depth is being used and whatever you don't ever want to go back to having William unless this now makes him fight for his spot and then he shows up for like you know how William shows up for like five games a season and he's good mm-hmm. like, like if this gives him that platform great but you are gonna be nervous anytime it's not Saka 
and Smith Rowe anymore. And so and, that's and young players, young young players are not consistent, and they will mm-hmm. have their downtimes, and they will have where they're not producing, and will play difficult games, and they'll get kicked around and blah blah. You're right, but now you know, forget William. Williams is a non-factor. Pepe is the one that has to look at Saka and go, "What can I not do this? Can I not you know go around the corner, pass it to you know Lacazette, and make a third run? Like seriously, Pepe cannot do that. Like I was." I remember, I think the game before, what is it? Brighton would be Brighton 1 0, and Saka turned Brunt or whatever his name is, the big oh, old fundamental. Burn or whatever. Burn, yeah. And he just went at him, burned him all the way down, crossed it over to whoever, like, whoever it like was, like Zet, it? And, he's, yeah. and he scored. And I'm thinking, that's literally all Pepe needs to do. But instead, he would have stopped and turned and cut inside. And then all this thing to this Burns guy who, like, runs at whatever, one you know mile an hour. And it was just like, why this? Pepe just needs to let it loose you know he just needs to stop overthinking stop overdoing it and you know it's crazy that he has to look at Saka who's this young 18 19 year old and Pepe's whatever 72 million dollar purchase the other scary thing is that this system works for Lacazette and not for Aubameyang so now what you know Lacazette is the one we want to sell in the summer and Aubameyang is the one he just gave a new whatever multi-million dollar contract to now you know Martinelli definitely plays better than Aubameyang on the left and Aubameyang definitely doesn't play as well as like his head down the middle. So where do you go from here? Because that's that's not a good problem to, for Arteta to have. I mean, while we were away, Lacazette was scoring headers at the back of his head. So, <laughs> and you know when that happens, it's, it's curtains for anyone else. Like, but in all seriousness, he's scoring goals. I, I think he was off the bench again in this game. No, um, I started this one. Did he start? Mm-hmm. Both of them, okay. Aubameyang on the left and Lacazette in the middle. I don't, okay, I didn't remember him in the first half, but second half, I think he scored. Well, he scored two in this game, whatever. But he came off the bench in your previous game. And yes. his first touch scored. And I don't remember what happened in the Chelsea game. But he's been doing fairly well. And yep. uh, to your point, it becomes scary for Aubameyang. And I, I watched this game, because I, I do tend to watch Arsenal games hoping for banter, but I did not remember Aubameyang at all. Like, I don't remember one thing that he did in this game. And no. in a 4-0 win, that's the only thing I would worry about, Aubameyang. So, so I, I, I'm not worried about Aubameyang in the system because, like, the best Arsenal have seen of him has been from the left anyway. Um, I'm worried about his form, which has been horrendous since he signed a new contract, which is something Arsenal have uh, a lot of history with. Um, so, I, you know, I'm concerned about him in general, but to me, it... it I don't think it's a system thing or a positional thing. Like he, he's not good down the middle. We, we've seen uh, that. Alex, Alex, Arsenal have the curse of either giving someone a huge contract and then them falling off a cliff, or giving them the captaincy and then falling off the cliff. So, or getting yeah, sold both. to a rival. Both happened to Aubameyang. So he's he's it's fighting true. an uphill battle. Here. <laughs> but what I have to say is that I know you're saying you're not worried about him in this in this formation because he plays well on the left or has played well on the left. Am I crazy to? Think that I still prefer Martinelli on the left of Amia? It, it, on this form, no, absolutely you do. I just love what he brings, the, the, the pressure and the energy and the, the wanting to win that, like, re- will to, you know, like, I don't know. I just, so, I really love Martinelli. I, I'm with you. I, I don't care if Aubameyang doesn't play, if the team is playing well. I don't care at all. But, you know, the the, the club gave him £900 million a week and <laughs> the captaincy, and he's going to play. So it is what it is. Um, to, to answer Bernie's question about, like, what happens if any of those guys are out, there's a little bit of transfer news. Emi Buendia is someone that Arsenal have been oh. for a long time. Brilliant. Number 10 from Norwich can play wide as well. The rumour today is that Arsenal are willing to offer Willock and or Reese Nelson 
and money i i mean do it in a heartbeat obviously if if the if they can get that done in January, that would be a fantastic signing, but we'll see. Like Nelson might have a future, Willick is not having one. It's no. just not. No. Does that make sense for Norwich to do? No. Uh, only if the money is right. Because Otherwise, no. What are they, top of the championship? Or Bro, Buendia is on like something like 15k a week. Like he wants the move. If he pushes for it, it might happen. If we give Norwich, whatever, 25, 30 million, like I get it, you don't want to do it, but it should be doable. Like if Arsenal can make this deal happen, then What's I mean, the there are lots of games left in the championship between fifth and first is seven-point gap. If he's that crucial, if, and if I'm North, I don't do it. There's too much money. <laughs> or, or we Over, buy him. More than that, even. Or we buy him and loan him back for half a season, whatever. Yeah, we're really good at that. Yeah, um, we're really good at that. Speaking of which, Saliba's finally left on loan, so he'll, he'll get a game somewhere, yeah. Um, sorry, last thing on this. So, West Brom, right? Allardyce. He has said in the past that he really likes Nigel Farage, so clearly voted Brexit. Tory is he going to sign him? He should because there may there may not be anyone else left to sign because he said that he had like three players interested in joining West Brom in January, but he can't get them work permits or whatever because of Brexit. So you know, it's what you get. Well, yeah. Let's hope his chip shop doesn't close either. <laughs> that gravy running through his veins. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what else happened? Leicester beat Newcastle. Leicester uh, doing pretty well. Obviously, slightly inconsistent. Um, otherwise, they'd have an identity crisis. But they, you know, do, doing well. I, lo- I love, I love watching them. They're great. I love watching them. You, you love the Tielemans thing. Eh? I just, I just love them. Vardy, Tielemans, Madison, Ndidi. Um, they're just so fun to watch. They're all just great to watch. I. I don't know. I love Brendan Rodgers. I think he's a great manager. Everything works for me from last Everything. I, I find them interesting in the sense that they're not actually that interesting over the course of 90 minutes. Like, they don't create a ton of chances. They just don't. They, like, people talk about counterattacking football. They are the counterattacking experts. They're not building up play at all. They had two shots in this game, which were sensational shots, by the way, and they scored. But that's how they played all season. There's a bit of this weird myth around Leicester City that they're this that Brendan Rodgers is this possession-minded manager, and it's not. But and no one do, no one does anymore, Brendan. Like who in this who in no, this I'm, league? I, keeps I, I the get ball? you. I'm just saying that like people say that that's what they do, but they don't do anything remotely close to that. But all. actually, for, forget forget your like. I'm not I'm not rebutting your last point. It's actually just a question: Who in this league holds the ball and try to play possession? Like Liverpool, a little bit. Liverpool, Liverpool mostly because people give them the space, so, yeah. but less than they used to. Um, the thing is, I actually like, like what, what I'm saying is, I like the way that they play. I like fast back end to end football, but I don't like the myth that surrounds the way that, that people associate them with playing. It doesn't make sense. Hmm. It's very much like how they were saying Chelsea were playing, which they clearly don't even play anything. <laughs> but like right. these, these things are just not true. Because mm-hmm. in this so, game, really, it was nil-nil at halftime or they just scored right before halftime. This game was very much a stalemate of nothingness for a very long right. time and in two moments of absolute pure class football, like right. champagne well, football at those moments. Some, I, you're talking some, about Andy Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Some people play, you know, possession football. Some people can't play counter-attacking football. Some people play football to get penalties. And... Um, <laughs> United beat Villa 2-1. 
as well. This uh, this match day. I don't think we talked about that just yet. Uh, Bernie Anthony Marshall is back. Almost, not yet. Almost, but slowly he's been involved over the last couple of weeks, right? I mean, three like goals, four assists, yep. three goals, four assists in his last seven games or so. Mm-hmm. He's always been playing well. That's the thing. It's a bit of that Firmino nonsense that, like, I used to laugh at. He was always playing well, but not getting the stats. He's getting them now. So, yeah, okay. it was honestly a good overall performance um, from United and Martial in particular. Pogba man of the match, but Grealish, my God. It's just so good. It's so fun to watch. He just—he didn't. In terms of actual chances, until the end, nothing really happened for them. But it was just a those little deft touches. You can't tackle him because he there's glides. something about him that was just. Even though nothing was happening for them up until the point, I was watching glued to Grealish. Like, damn, he was so good. It was as if Grealish was created by YouTube. Like he's just <laughs> perfect for a compilation because everything he does is is wonderful to watch. It's, it's yep. fantastic. And um, Pogba man of the match, he tripped himself up brilliantly. I mean, that was class. Wait, wait, Bernie's about to tell you there was a slight touch. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, you know there was, so I don't need to tell you. Bernie, <laughs> the problem is, you know there was though. So I, I don't. I, I know you know that too. So it's fine. Go on, on, make make, make your point, go on, sorry. No, 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 you're right, you're right. Like, obviously, his foot was moved a little bit towards his other foot, which made it kind of be behind it. I get it. And it's not Pogba's fault he fell. I don't think it's Pogba's fault. I just think that, and someone else brought this up, like, it's not United's fault either, but penalties really need to be looked at because to to be barely brushed like that on the very edge of the box, 18 yards away from goal, and be literally given a goal, it just... Make the box smaller. Do something. It just—it's too much for you know the, the the reward or the punishment is too much. My my yeah. thing is that like in the in the game, Pogba was brilliant, and the lead up to the first goal where he did the little juggle and the header to Rashford with the flick to uh, Wambasaka, that was sexy football. And because of the penalty, we're not talking about his overall performance. We're talking about the penalty, which in my opinion, is a penalty. However, that said, the, the, the overreaction is just lame at this point. When Leicester have doubled the amount of penalties as Manchester United in the season, and many of those are questionable, but Richard Keyes, and this is a quote, Richard Keyes goes, the, of the 33 penalties Solskjaer has had, I know 20 or 20 of them are, 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 are bad. It's like, you're just perpetuating nonsense. You, you, under, you, know, you understand there's cultural context to this, though, because... Everyone went through 20 years of Manchester United oh, getting okay. everything oh, their own oh, way. Oh, okay. Like, this is... Okay, Cavani. What's that have to do with it? Oh, culture. <laughs> culture context. Look, in Uruguay, you get a penalty for everything. That's just how it is. It's racist to think otherwise. There, there, was, there was also this thing going around of... Uh, in 2012, they did a study. And it was done, like a, a full study done, journalists, whatever. And they found that United actually deserved more penalties than they got. So, again, this whole idea of getting everything that they want is not true. Who did the study? Gary Neville? No, it was done by um, one of the journalists. Like that. Then they had Honestly? 600 people conduct this study. So, again, my point <laughs> is, I put the data I put the data behind what I say. So, people are just making arguments that don't make any sense. Meanwhile, the data doesn't support the argument. But not, the data does support the fact that United are level on points, behind on goal difference, with a game in hand, 10 games unbeaten, and playing very well. 
that's what's actually like we should be talking about. What do you like, mean? What do you mean behind? Well. What do you mean behind by gold differences? Aren't you tight first? Uh, you can say that. I won't. Okay, I'm just wondering. Also, can we say that Aaron Juan Bistaka saw one rumor of United being <laughs> being linked with a right back? I think it was Aaron's, and he's like, "Oh, you want attacking football?" <laughs> He Here was, I go. Like we, we, people were like, Solskjaer is the one who leaked that 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 story. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But also, I want to give a shout out to Eric Bailly. Unbelievable defensive performance from Bailly, including the block at the end to preserve the three points. But generally, unbelievable performance by him. And again, the whole team has been playing well. Ten games, they've been played, and they were winning games like Brighton. They were really, really shit at winning games. They've been the better team in almost every of the last 10 games that they've played. So well done to them. Well done to the manager who's still here and it's January. Mohamed said he wouldn't be here. So just want to call that out. He's still here. Joint top, as Mohamed will say. You know, he's done a good job. Also, I I have to say that ever since I biggied up Bertrand Traore, he's been insane. Bertrand Traore is one of the funniest footballers I've ever seen in my life. He's that funny, Jorvino. He's he's. So tall for a winger, it's obscene. Like, wingers are not his size. It doesn't make any sense. And he's really slow as well, which is very funny. But then, like, he scores. He scores and he's bad at the same time. Yeah. It's really, really odd. Like, he was so bad, but he got a goal, but he was horrendous. And I think that's actually what his games are like. I really enjoy the thought that at some point, like, at Chelsea, they were sitting there with, with like, him and Salah, and they were like, neither, sell them both. They're not good enough. <laughs> um, what else happened? I think, uh, did we talk about uh, everything losing to West Ham? No, uh, Suchek again, fifth goal of the season, killing it. I don't know what this guy does, man. Is he like deep lying midfielder? He's just a central midfielder. But he scores he, like, a lot of goals. in the box, yeah. He's a cheat code. And um, I can't remember who, who did the tweet, but you know, the, the handshake thing. And they mm. were like... Uh, Moyes, Fellaini, Jack, Hatchie. <laughs> I was like, I see it. I see it. It makes sense. Listen, Mo- Moyes is back on his game, man. Like, he scouted Suchek himself. You think Golden Sullivan pulled that out? No, 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 no. The Dildo brothers had nothing to do with this. And then the, the right back, Kufal, or whatever, like, he's been great. They got him for five billion. Like, Moyes is back on it. It's nice to see. Mm-hmm. The one thing that doesn't sit right with me with West Ham is Randolph in goal. He just. <laughs> He just doesn't look like a keeper. Something about him, like he's in the wrong place. <laughs> like every time I look at him, I'm like, who, who, why, like what? It's I can't Christmas. It's it. his time of the year. <laughs> if you make a list of players that look like football players, you have to put him and then Kieran Tierney as the new starting eleven. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's just it's weird, man. This is a good idea, actually. Let's put an 11 together for next week. Footballers mm-hmm. don't look like footballers. Uh, listener, if you have any suggestions, please tweet them to us at under yeah. underscore the cosh. Really want to hear those. Freaking Thomas Gravison in centre midfield right there. 100%. Absolute right. puncher. <laughs> He's uh-huh. still at this point, to be honest. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, just before we move off Manchester United, um, rumours that uh, a gift basket turned up at the PSG training ground for their owners uh, from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, thanking them for finally taking Mauricio Pochettino off the market, <laughs> thereby securing Ole's job for a little bit longer. Yeah, because that was that was a little cloud hovering over. Yeah. Like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, a little chubby cloud. Um, 
what your guys written reactions to uh watch at psg i mean they better get ready to run he'll mm-hmm. win it i mean what where are they in league on like they're second they're not doing very well he'll win the league sure oh they're third but one point off he'll win the league but I mean, do you think that Thomas Tuchel came out of the PSG job with a reputation enhanced? I, I don't think so. No. I, I, I don't think Pochettino... Someone, someone put this up. Someone said, after all this United nonsense, he has to win the Champions League for him to, to, for this well, to be anything worth our time. <laughs> his, first, his first test is against Barcelona in February, so... Well, he'll pass that. Like, <laughs> this, this current coup in Barcelona, like, come on. My God, what a disaster Barcelona oh, have been. Oh, what a they're disaster. Awful. They're absolutely awful. I actually hope um, Barcelona win and like Messi just has like a dozen madness, like for once, because I really want, I don't like PSG, independent of who the manager is. I don't mm-hmm. like them. I hope they fail at everything that they do. So I really want um, a Messi masterclass. Is, is Sheffield potentially going to end the season worse than that Leeds team and break that record? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they've got Sorry. two points still, right? Like, this is, yeah. this is, it's horrendous. And Lise Mousset was involved in a massive car crash. Um, yeah. Very symbolic of their season. Like, it, it's, it's diabolical. Yeah. And the owner says that even if we only get like one more point, we're going to keep Wilder, which I, I, I admire it in some sense. Like, I do. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm all for patience. Two points over 16 games is a bit past my patience, but I, I, I admire it. Yeah, okay, so let, let's see where, where your patience is at with now. And I, this to Mohamed specifically, because I know you like, as I do, Graham Potter and the football at Brighton play. But I just heard that he's won one game in 13. Yes, but... They drew 3-3 with... Uh, yes. Was it? Uh, was it Wolves? Yeah. Yes, but you look at the other stats... And trans creation, penetration into the box, blah, blah, blah. It's like that Pep uh, on Pep thing saying, look, Pep said my job is to get you in front of goal. Your mm-hmm. job is to finish. So people are giving him some credit in terms of like he's making things happen for them and they are fun to watch and they're there and the chances are there. It's just they're not scoring them. Like they're just not putting it in the back of the net. They also have the same amount of penalties as Manchester United. So he's definitely... There we go. <laughs> Definitely Here we go. Danny <laughs> Welbeck's massive feet can't go. I swear, I swear, Leicester or Leicester are created just for Brady to use them as stats yeah. to say that they have more penalties than hey man, We're we're a very seriously taken podcast. We have to be factual about what we say. Is very right. Fair Raph, enough. Rafa Benitez level facts here. Right? Fair enough. Uh, on the other side, Wolverhampton Wanderers having a very weird season, and they need a striker desperately. Even though you know what. I, I I don't know. I feel like I keep talking about him, but um, Pedro Neto is really good. Like, elite club good. And he's only 20 years old. I wasn't convinced at the start of the season. I thought there was a lot of hype. I'm slowly seeing it a bit more now. Mm. You know, mm. the problem is that Diogo Jota makes this a very tricky situation. Because, like... Neto, you go, he's good. Jota, we went, he's good, but is he like 40 million Liverpool good? And it sort of worked out until his injury. Now you're going to be like, so, <laughs> can we repeat the trick? And I swear, whoever signs Neto, he's going to flop. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? Wolves can be um, Liverpool's new feeder club instead of Southampton. So yeah. maybe Salah goes, Neto plays right forward, you know, just, just turn it into the new feeder club. Fair enough. They know Fair how enough. to find one. 
but they uh, mm-hmm. they they are being linked with um, two strike two very different strikers: Diego Costa on a free, and uh, Eddie and wow. for like 15, 20 million. What? They don't wanna. They're not thinking of signing Nuno Gomes. I mean, probably. <laughs> or like Paul, or like Pauletta. Like a front three of Helder Postiga, Pauletta, and Nuno Gomes, please. And Rio Costa and said to it. Jose Mourinho at left back. <laughs> Come on, you gotta make it happen, man. Yeah. Portugal it Euro 2000 revival tour. I love it. Bro, I just remember I just remember as a kid watching the Euros and I just always remember that Portugal striker was someone that I never heard of. <laughs> I just heard about him at the Euros. And that yep. was it. Like, I never knew any of them. It's just it like, oh, who's Nuno this Gomes, new guy? Right? Yeah, Nuno Gomes, Prostega, and... Um, uh, I was like, I never know who you are. I don't follow any of your clubs. You're probably playing in Portugal. And then you just kill it every Euros. It even happened in 2018 where they won. When uh, Sorry, 2016, where they won the Euros and Ed Eder, Eder. like, just came out of nowhere and I'm scored the you, winning man, goal. It happens every... Every tournament, I'm like, okay, let's see who this random Portuguese striker who's gonna just be like Ronaldo Potter is. So, so what? So what Alex is saying is, now that they actually have players that everyone knows, they're not gonna come anywhere near to winning the world. <laughs> Maybe, I think they should apply to have Benzema change his nationality. He's never getting back in the French squad. Anyway, um, <laughs> lastly, in the Premier League, Burnley against Fulham was postponed because Fulham can't get over this COVID outbreak. Um, and that leads me to a question we've had on Twitter from Jojo. Um, well, two questions, but I'll, I'll get to the second one second. The first one is, so Burnley uh, are being taken over, have been taken over by an American investment company who have promised Daesh transfer money. Now, they never sign anyone who isn't British. But will they now? Who will Burnley's first big money acquisition be? That is Jojo's question. Um, please, no one please black, tell which we know. So. <laughs> please tell me the new owners are like hardcore. Um, what's it called? What's Trump's uh, evangelical Republicans thing? Not, <laughs> not yeah, Republicans. Tell me they're hardcore Republicans. It just uh, has to be. I mean, Manchester United's owners are so. <laughs> <laughs> they look like the devil, obviously. But let's see these guys. Burnley owners. It's, it's the Real Salt Lake guy. Oh, wait. What do we know about him? Uh, if, he's, if he's the same one, then he was really upset when like people were kneeling and stuff. So <laughs> we might be onto something. If it's he the was same racist. Guy, if it's the same guy, because he said he would sell them, but I don't know if he did. So I'm Can't hoping be it's true. the same one. Can't I really hope it is. Well, he and Daishi will get on perfectly then. <laughs> um, but I so I've, I've drawn up a list of potential big money signings for mm-hmm. Ben. Um, Andy Carroll. Oh my God, off the tip of my tongue. Um, and then two players that I, I genuinely think might end up at Burnley. Like, not necessarily this season, but... Okay. Um, Mo, you and I were discussing the future of Rob Holding. Oh God. Who's like a squad player for a good team, that's fine. But like, if well, he really wants to make it somewhere and be first choice, there would be a Burnley centre-back for well, 10. A, a team that just like clears the ball a lot, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And similarly, I think... Eric Dyer, like having a decent season for his own standards, can only play in a team that defends deep, which is partly why Spurs are doing that. If he went to Burnley, he'd be absolutely fine. Like Eric Dyer, Rob Holding, eat your heart out. Mm. Oh, I'm trying to think. Phil Jones, 150%. <laughs> we said big money move. 
Listen, man, his wages will be big money. <laughs> oh, good point. Good point. All right, we, we have to look into these ALK people because I think there's there's an investigation to be done here. We'll we'll come back on the Burnley owners because I, I think... was gonna throw in Jesse Lingard, but he's half black, so it's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Not gonna That's the second question, Alex. So there's two. Uh, second question is: uh, Do we have a title race this year? And we we sort of touched on it earlier, but let, but let's dig in. So let's take a look. I mean, Liverpool don't want to win the league. You got United, who are going to be three points ahead after. I mean, at like 17 games, that's pretty good position to be at, man. Mm-hmm. Post Christmas, Leicester are not going to win it. Spurs not going to win it. Top four, maybe. Well, keep in mind, City have two games in hand. City, if they put on a bit of run of form and they win their two games in hand, mm-hmm. they would be at 35 points. They'll be above Liverpool one point behind United if both of them win their game. Like, honestly, Pep and City should just, like, strap in and grow some balls and win this league. <laughs> like, it's getting really annoying now. It's just really annoying. You know what? I think City, I think there is a title race in the sense that City are going to win the league at this point and mm-hmm. they're bubbling under right like we're because united are doing a bit of a madness like people are like oh my god but really city are the ones as Mohammed pointed out they're not that far behind with, with two games in hand and all that and i trust them more so than i trust my own guys so there is a title race sure it might be city liverpool at the end united 10 points behind or something like that which is not not so bad but it's not like a two-horse race not not at all it's like three but of, of course you've got a title race. You've got you've got the first team on 33 points and you've got uh, four points separating them in seven. Like, you've got a major title race. Yeah. No, I, I think certainly more so think, than the last few years. I think the season has been so weird and literally so strange and unpredictable that, sure, we can call it a title race, but it's not like the definitive... Like, we know this is what's going to happen as we, we do in previous seasons. Like, this is a top Bro, That's why you hold on to City, in my opinion. In a As, Aston Villa are in third if they win their two games in hand. And you know what? They're playing really well. We didn't really talk about them too much, but they're playing really well. Like, Villa could end top four. Like, anything could happen. Like Bernie said, this season is insane. We've got a top four fight. We've got a, uh, a, a title fight. We've got... A lot. I mean, the only thing that we don't have is maybe a relegation fight because two of the teams are pretty much... I mean, all three should go down. Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield. Those are the ones that... I mean, Burnley would be really nice too, but... To be fair, you've gone from a relegation fight to potentially a top four fight because you're six points off... Arsenal? Yeah, yeah, hold on. How many Mm -hmm. games have you played? 17? Okay, fine. Tottenham have a game in hand. Bro, we're six points. So you're six points off them and you have some really easy games on paper. Like to play coming up, any like literally in three match weeks, we could be looking at a different scenario here in terms of like Champions League, Europa yeah. places. Yeah, you can't look. You can't look at the table. The season, you cannot look at the table. Like you just can't. Like it's all so condensed. Like I'm telling you, man, you're you're looking at like twenty. Let's see, you've got twenty points sitting at fourteen, only ten points away from first. Yeah. No, it's true. It, it's mental. Um, so there you go, Jojo. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but you know, I think there is a title race, and I think we can all agree that Chelsea will just about avoid relegation. So um, <laughs> that's the good thing about Chelsea is and having these agendas. I can laugh at Arsenal, but then when Chelsea go down, I can switch it over and laugh at them. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, you can laugh at Arsenal, Mohamed and I can laugh at Manchester United, we can all laugh at Chelsea, and that is delicious. <laughs> yeah, but you haven't laughed at United in a while. So. No, no, we laugh at you all the time. Yeah, yeah. that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, no. good. Every time someone, every time someone says Pogba's back, we laugh. Yeah, look at Bruno's ears. Ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> satellite receiver. That's how, that's how he knows where people are to get all these assists. Freaking sonar. It's actually true. Anyway, we better leave it there, lads. Uh, thank you very much. Lovely pod. And uh, we'll chat again next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekosh blog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. 